My name is Bernard Garrett, and I'm your host of the Apartment Investor Series podcast, where I provide an in-the-trenches look at the multifamily real estate market. I have been fortunate for nearly 25 years as a broker to learn from and witness what super successful apartment investors have been doing with their investment properties. This podcast highlights how the experts are maximizing their multifamily investing. Let's get started. Hello, we're here with Shannon West from Wise Real Estate. Shannon, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Great, thanks. I know you've been in Portland for many years, and yep. um, but I read on your bio that you're from Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes. So what I want to know, you know, is what's your verdict on Skyline Chili? <laughs> um, I was a very picky eater growing up, so yeah. I really at both Gold Star and Skyline just got plain hot dogs. So I wouldn't admit that to anyone in Cincinnati who feels strongly about the chili. But <laughs> got it. Yeah, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I do think anybody visiting Cincinnati should try one or the other at least once. Yeah, you got to try it since it's you know the mm -hmm. famous Skyline Chili, and it's a Gold exactly. Star is the other one. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. And you can get Skyline, I think, mailed now. So I have friends in Seattle and Washington, D.C. who do that regularly because they can't live without it. Well, you know, I guess if you're crazy about it, you're crazy about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough about the fun stuff. Let's talk about real estate. Okay. <laughs> so um, what's, your, what's your role at Wise Real Estate? I am vice president and principal. Um, so I got that title change in February and that's been very exciting. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Wise is a small Pacific Northwest real estate firm and we specialize mm -hmm. in third-party commercial property management and also asset management and advising services. Um, and day-to-day, -day, I've been with Wise for six years. Um, most of my time is spent doing the commercial property management. I have a portfolio of 18 properties right now. Mm -hmm a mix of office, industrial, and retail. And okay. then with my new role, I'm also uh, learning the ropes of asset management and internal business management. And um, it's exciting and I like it because every day is different. We're yeah. from new challenges. It's a lot of problem solving and learning as we go. That sounds fantastic. And, and what do you think, what are you seeing that for you, what are the differences between the management piece and an asset management piece when you go traditional property management and asset management, what do you, what are the differences for you? The property management side is really day-to-day -day operations of the property. Mm -hmm. um, the relationships with tenants, taking their maintenance requests, collecting mm -hmm. rents, um, budgeting, planning for the future year and subsequent years after that and right. capital projects, recurring maintenance, just making sure that everything is running smoothly and that we're thinking ahead. And the asset management is a little higher level view of um, the mortgage on the property, mm -hmm. uh, long-term planning, what are the client's goals and you're working with the property manager and the client directly. Um, right. And we do work really well as a team here. It's very collaborative in our office. Um, which I appreciate and again, gives me an opportunity to learn from the expertise from others and continue building my skill set. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I see that um, 
in my world with apartments, we talked about this in the past with apartments. I see a lot of the small apartment owners, you know, anything under 50 units. I see a lot of the, that's where confusion comes in for people, right? When they're, they hire a property manager, but don't understand that the asset management is different mm-hmm. from the day-to-day operate operations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of firms that actually will use an outside third-party asset manager. So I think mm-hmm. that's really a big selling point for WISE is that it is all in-house and that you do have multiple people looking at the property from different angles and aspects and really taking a lot of things into consideration. Right. Right. And well, and I know it's been a, a topsy-turvy, you know, since the pandemic, it's been, you know, to say crazy would probably be an understatement with mm-hmm. your job with property management, I'm sure. Um, what are the what are the biggest things, the changes in your world are you seeing since the pandemic hit with property management? I think really this summer, and this is just anecdotal, but I feel like this year has been a really good time to catch up on capital improvements and things that maybe were delayed or deferred during mm-hmm. the pandemic, just because our attention was focused more on tenant workouts and getting everyone through the pandemic itself. Um, There was a lot of reactivity and it wasn't just the the pandemic here in Portland. We had the wildfires Mm -hmm. during that time period. Um, So there were a lot of changes to janitorial requirements, um, HVAC filters, just things that we hadn't really seen before um, that required an immediate response and time to money and, you know, all of those things. So this year, I feel like we have seen, there's still a labor shortage in different markets, um, but, and construction costs are still very high, but I think prices are starting to become a little bit more competitive Mm -hmm. and we have had time to schedule things like re-roofs and uh, larger parking lot repairs, things like that, that were kind of pushed back a little bit. Right. Is there any difference between the types of commercial buildings for, is it, is it kind of the same for all the different types of commercial buildings or is it more towards one or the other? It really depends. Um, I know we had talked about a little bit in preparation for this advice for owners. And I think that's a tough question to answer because it really is a case by case um, right. situation, their product type, the location, what their goals are, um, mm-hmm. what their cash position is, um, how is leasing going? And I think, you know, the word unprecedented was used so often in 2020. And I'm starting to hear that again, just because it's, you know, downtown office is getting a lot of attention as um, a pain point because of the high vacancy rates. Mm -hmm. But you still have a lot of leasing activity in suburban office, especially for 1,000 to 3,000 square foot offices where people might be downsizing their footprint, but they still need leases and they still want a space for their employees to come to um but it's more hoteling i think the way we have the way we work has changed so much um and i think it's hard to predict exactly how that's going to shake out but i do think that employees want more flexibility and that that will um carry forward and we're going to have to just get better at rethinking and reimagining what spaces look like um, but industrial markets still going pretty strong. It slowed down a little bit from the big boom during yep. the pandemic. Um, and retail, again, urban retail, I think, has slowed down because you really do need the office workers to sustain the restaurants. And right. um, fortunately, Portland's 
still beautiful and people want to come here. So we do have a tourist season that I think will continue. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of different things to compare and contrast and um, really overall trends are always exceptions. So Right, right. Yeah, and it sounds like, um, so you're really seeing that too with, with not necessarily, um, people need office space for their offices. And mm -hmm. so you're seeing that there's just been a restructuring to go, has it been all to go smaller or is anybody going bigger? I haven't seen bigger, but no. it wouldn't surprise me if that changed. If I know that there are some trends to have more, um, standing meeting space, kitchen spaces, okay. places where people could come do yoga or take breaks oh, right, for their work right. day, things like that. Um, so again, I think new ideas may come forward in the next year or so as mm -hmm. employers are trying to bring people back to the office. Again, I don't see that sticking where people are in the office five days a week, but um, I think some people certainly appreciate the separation of space between home and work. And I right. don't think that's going away. And I think there's still studies coming out about what kinds of work is um, better suited for an at-home office where you might need time to concentrate and be more productive on a project versus right. collaboration where it's better to be in a group and be able to yell to your coworker and get a quick answer um, instead of trying to schedule a phone call or zoom meeting and deal with technology challenges and things like that yeah so really are so you read about these things nationally like you know new york city or san francisco where they're reimagining the workspace but mm -hmm. your sounds like you're really starting to see that in portland mm -hmm. yeah and i know there's a lot of talk right now about whether it's feasible to convert um downtown office in particular to housing yeah and yeah i think the overall answer is probably no that's not an easy feat and it's right now um not really there's not a cost incentive to develop that way mm -hmm. but there's also i think a demand for entertainment space um you know in southeast portland we're we just had a uh, hopscotch go into the old orchards retail space near the goat blocks okay um so interactive art experiences things like that i think are popping up um more and more and yeah i don't know if there's a use for office buildings for something like that um, or like a cultural center downtown um, so that you still have activities for people who are maybe living downtown and working out of their homes, but want to go out and explore. Um, so I am not a developer and I am not, probably not the creative person to <laughs> solve for this problem, but um, I do think that really reimagining and coming up with different solutions for what our cities would look like is going to have to happen. Yeah. And how are, how are the owners of the properties that you're dealing with? Uh, how are they handling it? Is it, uh, is it, are they open to the idea of uh, being creative? Is it, is it a, a typical adjustment for them or what are you seeing? I think there's an openness, um, but there's a lot of uncertainty too. So right. I think probably that would be, if I could give a blanket advice to owners, yeah. it's just, staying optimistic and open to opportunities and ideas um, because I just think the world we live in post COVID does look very different than what we saw before. Yeah. Yeah. And um, okay. So, well, 
while we're here on advice for owners. So let's, let's, I ask everybody this that's on the podcast. What advice would you have for buyers in the commercial market in the Oregon commercial market? I keep hearing on the pessimistic side that there's going to be a lot of pain. I've heard there'll be blood in the streets, um, but also a lot of stay optimistic because a crisis is a terrible thing to waste and there will be opportunities too. So I think patience and looking for opportunities as things change um, and we don't know the timing of that change or exactly what it will look like. Right. But yeah, staying informed, I think building relationships with brokers and contractors, developers, having conversations that may generate new ideas or spark some imagination. Um, Our industry really is very relationship-based and I think it's important to keep that in mind, keep networking, um, keep working on different policies. You know, if we were able to make housing um, in office spaces feasible, I think that's going to change some codes and really have to work with our politicians to get some incentives in place to make that something that could work. So I think there's a lot of work to be done and things to consider. Yeah. I like that advice for buyers is really what I'm hearing you say is develop your network and Mm -hmm. not only wider, but maybe deeper with those relationships. Mm -hmm. And so you're ready when the opportunity jumps up and because who knows where it's coming from, I guess is what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's kind everything sounds like it's in flux and there's these, these things that where we've read in Portland that were big city stuff, like, you know, you know, flex space for office and things that we didn't mm-hmm. really think that would happen in our city, but it, it sounds like it's happening and, and, you know, tenants and workers are wanting different stuff now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So staying ahead of the curve. I like that. Develop your relationships to stay ahead of the curve when it, when it comes up. Okay. Well, if you're a seller now, what advice would you give to a seller in the commercial, either whether it's office, industrial, retail? Mm-hmm. I think, again, probably patience would be my advice. Yeah. Um, I think there is a slowdown right now. So things that may have gone quickly or looked attractive in the past with the uncertainty about downtown markets, mm-hmm. um, you know, Portland specifically, the negative attention we've gotten in the media. Um, and I think... It's more widely known that we've got some tax issues and policy issues that might not be very business friendly. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think that does deter some people who otherwise you know, may have been interested. Um, and I don't think that they should not be interested because I love Portland. I did move here 10 years ago and I've yeah. stayed and um, I think it's a great city. I think it has a lot to offer and none of what it has to offer is going away. Um, so. I think just, yeah, be patient, um, wait for the right deal or opportunity. And when it comes, take advantage of it. Right. Uh, how about that? Patience for both buyers and sellers, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but also jump when it's time. <laughs> right. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, develop the relationships, be patient and be ready. And then when you see it, that's when you can move quickly. Yeah. Well, well, that sounds cool. And, and uh, another note, have you, I haven't had a chance to do this, but have you had a chance to tour the Ritz-Carlton building? The new Ritz- I have not been inside yet, no. 
It, it sounds cool. I, um, sound, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty tall. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is, yeah. That was a big investment, and I don't know about the. I don't know if they're regretting the timing and the investment with the pandemic and everything, but um, it, it looks like it might be a cool place to check out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I saw they had, I guess, big penthouses on the top floor, so that sounds mm-hmm. cool. They do, and they've had some leasing activity that I think is positive. Um, so it'll be exciting. I think their target opening date is October now. Um, okay. Yeah, it'll be cool to see and see what happens for Portland. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, the high end level, I'm, I've been really curious to see how that fills up and what the leasing like and it, kind of a, a canary in the coal mine for the, for the high end market, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, great. And then you're also the president of IRAM. I am. Yes. What's on tap for IRAM mm-hmm. uh, this fall? This fall, we're working on some programs for younger people in the industry. Um, I think talent development is really important for property managers right now um, and bringing in new people, um, not just young people, but people who may be looking for career transitions. Um, Property management is very stable during economic downturns. So even vacant buildings need to be managed. So now I think is a really great time for people considering changes like that to explore their options. And we're working on a senior property manager, ask me anything event for the fall, which we did a few years ago, that was really popular. So that gives people a chance to ask experienced managers um, in residential and commercial, any questions that they may have as they're getting started. Um, we're also gonna do a tour of the Shanghai tunnels downtown. Um, oh, cool. IRM is a member of Revitalize Portland Coalition. so anything we can do to help increase foot traffic and bring people downtown and show them that Portland is still here and it's still a great place to be is worthwhile. And for those of the people who don't know, IRM is the property management organization. Yes. It's the Institute for real estate management. So this is the Portland Columbia river chapter. So our members include Southern Washington and all of Oregon. And I know uh, you guys put on an amazing breakfast every December. That's we do, we yes. Last year, that was great. Yes, thank you for participating. And yep, we're gearing up for December 14th this year, and our panel has already met once, so we're feeling good about putting on another successful event. Yeah, and if anybody, any of the listeners get a chance to go, it's not just for property management or real estate professionals, but it's also a great way to get a get an update on what's happened in the market and trends. And mm-hmm. uh, you can spend a, what, a couple hours and get really up to speed on what's happening in the Oregon Southwest Washington market. So you guys always do a great job. Thank you. Well, thanks for your time, Shannon. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for fighting through the technology issues we had today. Uh, You're uh, welcome. We got through it just like the real estate market's a little bit chaotic, I guess. <laughs> yes. Stay patient and optimistic and we'll get through. <laughs> there you go. It's a good <laughs> metaphor for life. I love it. It is. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. And uh, how can people get a hold of you with their property management questions? They can email me at swest at wise, that's W-Y-S-E-R-E-A.com or find me on LinkedIn, Shannon West. Um should be able to search me and Wise or probably Portland Real Estate. That sounds great. And last question, mm-hmm. any relation to Adam West? No. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm dating myself as a 
53 year old fan of uh, Adam West and Batman. <laughs> and uh, have you heard that? Has anybody ever asked you that before? Yes, I have okay. been asked. Okay, that. so I'm not the mm-hmm. only one. <laughs> great. Well, have a great day. Thank you so much. And we'll, uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. And um, thanks for your insight. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Okay, thank you very much for listening. If you like this episode and want to hear more, subscribe to our podcast where we release new episodes weekly. If you want more information about the multifamily market, go to my firm's website, josephbernard.net, click on the Contact Us page, and sign up for our apartment e-newsletter. As a bonus for listening to this podcast, I will answer any apartment investing questions you may have via email at bgarrett at josephbernard.net. That is B-G-E-H-R-E-T at josephbernard.net. 